0: welcome hi to ski bump podcast episode number 109 and it is your pals Mario and Brian
1: Mario what's up it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood today I'm loving it it's freezing cold and it's uh for down here it's freezing cold <laughs> and uh, yeah I'm loving it gonna gonna go skiing I'm finally gonna see some uh, some some first tracks mr. Florida finally hitting the slopes this season huh damn it actually got down to 34 Five. somebody said it was 28 this morning when they woke up and i'm like for south florida that's pretty pretty darn cold
0: Panic down there
1: oh everybody's freaking out they're covering trees watering trees at night it's it's mayhem down here we got the winter coats out the winter hats everybody's full on i think i saw somebody with a uh avalanche beacon and a uh, backpack walking around before smart move you never know they were bundled up the onesie <laughs>
0: Yeah, winter is upon us, man. So uh, yeah, so thank you so much for listening. Please check us out, SkiBumPodcast.com. All of our info is there. Check us out on the socials, Twitter.com slash SkiBumPodcast, Instagram.com slash SkiBumPodcast, Facebook.com slash SkiBumPodcast. We're on Pinterest as the Highfalutins, and we're also on SoundCloud as highfalutin Bum. And if you could, if you're checking us out for the first time, please go to your favorite podcasting app and subscribe and rate us five stars. That would really help us spread the word and spread the love. And if you need help on iTunes, just go to ski bump podcast.com and go to the blog. And we have info there on how to do it because it can be a little bit of a pain. So with that, Mario, let's kick it off. It's time for all pray today.
1: All right. So I, I uh, dug out of the basket. So with the Rob Vices, I got this aperitif um, that uh, I didn't crack open till just today. It's called uh, Cinque aperitivo. So it's the number five. It's a bottle with a big five on it. And um, it's basically an aperitif made out of bitters. So they actually took a, a traditional Italian aperitivo recipe, and it's based on an infusion of 12 roots and herbs, and it has a lot of bitter orange. And I have no idea what this is. It's Gentian Lutea. Lute. Mm. Uh, So I have no idea what that is, but it tastes bitter. And I was, uh, you know, I was telling Brian, I started drinking it and I had ice in it. And, you know, to, to kind of water it down, I put a little club soda. They say it's good for spritzers, Negronis, and a bunch of uh, refreshing bitter drinks. So I don't really know any refreshing bitter drinks, but I had it at first and I was kind of like, wow, this is a cup of something that I don't know if I'm going to want to drink. And then it sat for a little, the ice melted a little, kind of got nice in there, kind of mixed all up, got a little bubbly. And uh, then I had it, you know, a few minutes later after it was there. And I told Brian, I was like, this is actually refreshing. I could see it's not a, I'm at the beach or at the pool. kind. Of, well, maybe at the pool, but it's not like I'm on a beach drinking one of these. Uh, it's more like I'm on a yacht sitting there having a nice conversation with somebody and just sipping this all day, you know? So I could see that it was, um, orangey, bitter, uh, but it le- it lightened up a lot. It was pretty good. So I could see, uh, playing around with it. So.
0: Cinque aperitivo it's called, right?
1: Yeah. And I guess the company, they're out of, uh, DC, I think Washington, DC, um, done Sissio and figli. And I guess what they did was they made a whole bunch of aperitifs, Um, based off of Italian recipes. And it looks like they got a a pretty cool set of bitters and cocktail. Uh, Plus they have like mixes on here and recipes. So it's pretty cool. Like they have stuff to do with their product. And uh, it looks pretty interesting. Definitely, it would step up your cocktail game. Let's put it that way. Very
0: nice. Good stuff. So last week, um, if you guys were following us on any of our socials, we posted it. I was up in Vermont and I was skiing on Thursday and on Friday I was hoping to ski, but for some reason the weather decided to go up 20 degrees and start raining. So instead of playing in the stupid rain, we decided to go on a trip to the Alchemist Brewery in beautiful Stowe, Vermont. And when life gives you hops, you drink beer. That's all you can do, you know, you gotta, you gotta make the best of your situation. So decided to go to Alchemist and of course sampled a bunch of beers and I was surprised they had a lot of different beers available for purchase. So usually they have, you know, Heady and Focal, the big ones, but they also had probably about five or six other beers available.
1: Yeah. Were they brewing those there? Cause I thought they were just brewing Crusher and Focal there or something.
0: No, Crusher's a rotator. So most of their beers just rotate in and out whenever they decide to make them. So. Yeah, they, uh, I I forget if they make Heady there or they make it somewhere else, like the other brewery, the old one. Yeah, I thought they made their stuff in the new one. Okay. But they had, yeah, like five or six different ones. So, of course, I had to get a bunch of everything to try it all because why wouldn't you?
1: So, as much as you can, man, you don't know when you're going to be back.
0: (laughs) I didn't max out totally because I only had (laughs) one cooler. And again, the temperature, it went from being 40 on Thursday, which was a, a pretty good ski day. To I think it went up to like 58 on Friday. Damn. And Saturday morning. By the time we got out Saturday morning, it was down to like 10. <laughs> so it I'm shot like... it shot up. And it before before it was 40, on I think it was probably 20. So it went from like 20 to 40 to 58 to Jeez. 15. And it kept going down to like I think minus five. So that is 72 hours. It it shifted, you know, up 40 degrees and then down. 60
1: it was such, such weird weather i'm just laughing because i remember when like two years ago we went up and we we hit up Hill farmstead and remember we came back with like i was like 10 growlers and like all this other beer and we didn't have anywhere to store it and we didn't want to leave it outside because we get frozen so we left the window open in the room and put everything in the closet and we're like freezing our ass off all night but we're like that goddamn beer is staying nice and fresh was the beer it was perfect and that's the important thing. Oh, that was awesome. It was about priority. Was about the windows open. It was like, yeah, zero degrees. The heat's just billowing out. Like, we don't give a shit. We're not that's wasting this beer. It's Hill Farmstead, man. That's right. <laughs> oh, so, yeah, so
0: awesome. it, was, it was kind of weird conditions. So, we bought a decent amount of beer. That's strange, man. The one. So, when they were there, they had the Heady, the Focal, and they had the Crusher to on draft there that you could sample. So, we sampled those but they didn't have any crusher to sell, which was weird. Oh, but really? they did have the Alina, which is an American IPA, and I was talking to the guy um, who was pouring, and he said it's kind of the same hop profile, but they just do it in a different manner. I guess the, when they add the hops in and how long they're in there for are different. So the Alina is an American IPA, while the crusher is a double. So huh. it's a little bit lighter. It isn't quite that like crazy hop smell that you get from like a heady or uh it's still 7.7 percent. that's like a double host and what is i guess technically it's still considered an american ipa yeah so it's like a regular single but it's uh it's got different flavors to it. it's a little bit a little bit lighter it's almost a little bit sweeter Mm. still got a lot of like piney you know hoppy flavor to it but it isn't quite the the hop overload you get from like a heady but really tasty stuff. So this was a a good pickup. Cool. Yeah. Very yummy. Looks like you guys had a lot of good beers. Dude. If you're in Vermont you throw a rock, you hit like 15 Epic breweries. Like it's just not even, not even, it's not even hard. When we were at alchemist, there was this bunch of dudes. There was probably like 10 of them. They were, I guess, doing a bachelor party or a pre-wedding thing. And, uh, like a bunch of these guys are from Seattle. Like they flew in to wow. go to this, like to go to, to Vermont, to go get beer. They I going Alchemist. Vermont. The Vermont the
1: scene is pretty good.
0: That's oh, unbelievable. So they're going from Alchemist up to um, Hill Farmstead. And then one of the, the ladies working there was like, I'll oh, make sure you hit, I think she said zero gravity. Oh, okay. I think it's Burlington. And then she mentioned rock art as well, which is kind of in between Stowe and uh, Hill Farmstead.
1: Yeah, we missed rock art. We didn't didn't stop in, right? I don't think we did.
0: No, we did our ski bum a couple years ago. We had made plans to, but after we bought as much beer as we did, (laughs) it was
1: just like, do we really need to get more at this point? The Hill Farm said it was hilarious because we were like, (laughs) I opened up the trunk. You're like, how many fucking growlers did you bring? I'm like, all of them. (laughs) I brought every growler I had. What well, time you went by yourself that one Friday? Oh, that was awesome. You, just, you, you bought was like eight or ten growlers like that you just got. I thought they were gonna cut me off. Like you can only buy four, because I asked the lady, I'm like, is there a limit on how many growlers I can get? They're like, no, you can be as alcoholic as you want, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not like giving was, away growlers. Merry Christmas, everybody. Here's a growler. <laughs> yeah, party. Time. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I forgot to tell you. So we were uh we
0: went to um, Waterbury after to prohibition Pig to get you know lunch. Nice. And, uh, those knuckleheads that I was with. They oh, uh, they, they didn't pack the back of the truck very well because we bought more beer in. Oh. We were in um, Waterbury, and the driver who shall remain nameless popped the hood of his SUV, the back of it, and freaking four pack of heady falls on the ground. Oh. I shrieked like a three year old <sighs> girl. <laughs> seeing it fall and it because it exploded like it exploded, oh, it was like exploded? spreading all over the place. You better, I was shrieking.
1: Dive on it, you got to dive on,
0: it. yeah. Oh my god, it was so bad. <laughs> Luckily, it was our Asian friends and not ours, so you know, felt
1: bad. But no use crying no over cry spilled heady You guys,
0: I don't know, That's, I don't mind jams in my cooler. See, you got to think about the cooler, you got to set your game up,
1: you got to pack wisely. Yeah, act wisely. Exactly. You can't Is just a raw dog in your heady topper. And I tell you, those are cans, so they're a little sturdy. I mean, if they were in bottles, you're talking about complete, complete yeah. meltdown right there. Dude, I shrieked like a little, <laughs> like a three year old girl. Oh my god, that's
0: funny. It was so bad, I was so terrified. So now you know how you
1: could shriek if 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 you get into a bad situation.
0: We're like a pig boy. Yeah, it was. Uh, I don't think anything else has ever made me scream like that before. Seeing heady topper drop.
1: Damn.
0: It was terrible, awful. So much blood, so much blood.
1: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Speaking of beer breweries, uh, I went to. I finally went to the highlight downtown in Tampa. Uh, the highlight to uh, Cigar City downtown. It was pretty cool. They had a a big tasting room and had a few samples. It was pretty nice. It was very um, plain. It wasn't like very fancy or anything like that. They had a big distribution thing and then they had the tasting room. Uh, with like a front bar and then the back bar had a ton of taps and they had some cool stuff on nitro and barrel aged and stuff so it was pretty pretty good stuff very cool yeah it was neat neat to try and I got my new Cigar City hat there look at you rocking the hat nice and I'm eyeing up a cycling jersey so people could see see me with the highlight representing we'll see very nice but yeah that was kind of cool so what you do after working out you go to a brewery
0: (laughs) Well, life isn't about balance, right?
1: Go from the gym, you have a protein shake, and then you go to the brewery. And then you go home. That's it. Yep. Everything (laughs) in moderation, including moderation. Exactly. So So
0: we got a story here while we're still uh, talking about booze. And this is from, I think it's from the New York Times, right? They're talking about... um, Yep. If we ever get to Mars, the beer might not be that bad. And this is from a... uh, a university, what university was it? Let me look this up. I have the notes here, but I don't have where the university was from. Um, oh, it's from Villanova. The uh, the professor of astronomy and astrophysics decided to set up a, a laboratory for his students. And they had to create, like replicate Martian soil. And to see what could they grow there if they needed to, you know, nice. feed future Martian travelers. So they were able to, I guess, figure out exactly the makeup of the Martian soil, and they said one of the things that was able to really strive there was hops. So oh, wow. it could it's possible that we could have some Tesla Martian beer coming up in the next ten, twenty years or so. You know people are like, "Yes, I only
1: get my beer from Mars. It's
0: like, <laughs> it's like import or domestic or intergalactic.
1: Mine's only intricate. Can I have the intergalactic uh, IPA, please? I only drink intergalactic beers. <laughs> Just yeah. another way for people to get more snooty.
0: <laughs> of course. So they said that Martian soil is very dense and dries out quickly, perhaps better for making bricks than growing plants, which have trouble pushing their roots through. That includes potatoes, the savior food for the fictional Mark Watney in The Martian, book by Andy Weir, and later a movie starring Matt Damon.
1: The comedy, I must I might add. <laughs> the book was awesome. The French comedy. What's that? It won an award for like the best comedy. Really? Yeah, back when it was trying to because it they didn't want to put it in the category because it would have lost against the main category. So they do that. I forgot which uh which award it is, but um it's a French award. And so it won an award for the best comedy. Oh really? <laughs> I'm like, how do you whatever? Interesting. He made a few jokes, just
0: saying. He was a funny guy. (laughs) Um, So they said, for the most part, students chose practical, nutritious plants like soybeans and kale in addition to potatoes. Some added herbs like basil and mint so that astronauts could enjoy more flavorful food. Um, But one group chose hops, and the the professor was like, because they're students and because he vetoed marijuana. (laughs) (laughs) We're trying to grow weed. but Trying to grow weed, doing everything we can that's important stuff but yeah so it is good to know that when we do get to mars it uh, might be possible to start making beer there who knows you find the water down there the frozen water get the hops I'm guessing they said I guess wheat and barley would fall into the category of of plants that could grow pretty well so you're pretty much set
1: then Uh, actually it wasn't a french award it was the golden globes so they won a golden globe for the best comedy
0: that's ludicrous (laughs)
1: shows how dumb all those award shows even are exactly that's pretty cool they did that um there's a lot of research now I'm speculating if any, I'm a big SpaceX guy and they're saying quote unquote the um how uh, would they call it the uh, the top secret mission that went up and may not have deployed its its cargo I'm like of course you're gonna say that with a secret spy thing right? I uh, was it like an nSA super satellite. It was you know they they don't even know which agency set it up that's that's how secretive it is. so mm-hmm. it went up, yeah, it went up, and they're saying um it everything went fine with the with with it going up, but they're saying the payload got stuck in the uh, not ejecting after the second uh, after the second stage was supposed to deploy it, and it came back down and they're they're speculating that it burnt up on reentry with the second stage, uh, somewhere over Africa. And I'm like, yeah, I'm, if, if I was sending up a secret spy satellite, that's the shit I would portray too. So of course, there's all these conspiracy theories out there and stuff. So I'm thinking part of that conspiracy theory is there's stuff that's, that's must sending shit over to Mars. I'm telling you, he's setting up a colony already. I think he is. And he's probably getting, he probably, you know, sponsored this study at
0: Villanova. And was able to get them he's like what kind of plants would grow there so they did the study he's getting those those uh seeds up there firing them off and getting okay. this stuff nice and, and growing before we start occupying the planet he's start growing hops
1: like real martian hops tesla hops. hops yeah spacex yes. hops <laughs> and he's gonna have his tesla rotating around there they're sending that up in uh so the spacex heavy is going up with his tesla roadster and I think I saw something that they're going to deploy it. They're going to deploy the Roadster. I don't know if it's going to be in the capsule or not, but it's going to be on a trajectory to orbit around Mars. So I'm like, that's pretty cool. He's going to have his car waiting for him when he finally goes there. <laughs> that is pretty badass. <laughs> and it's going to be playing some music. It's going to be playing some song repeatedly on the on the in the car stereo. It would have to be like Ziggy Stardust or something, right? Yeah, you gotta you gotta look it up. I forgot which song they said pretty it's going to play. Any? Yeah, it's pretty funny. So that's what your technology is going to do: is send up a roadster with, uh, with music playing. I like it. I think it's. Hey, it's, if
0: you're a super genius, you can, and you made all this money creating these awesome companies. You do whatever the hell you want.
1: It's money well
0: spent. And you
1: right. know what else they should should throw up there? The next story we have is, only for the for only the third time in their history, Macallan is releasing a forty year old sherry oak single malt scotch whiskey. Now I think that should also be up in the roadster in the in the trunk in like a nice case, waiting for Elon when he gets there, he can get into the roadster, you know, then have some 40 year old McAllen.
0: That's the way to test the autopilot in the Tesla, is if you just have a bunch of those Macallans and then you're like, Okay, car, let's see if you can drive me to you know, put in the coordinates on Mars. Now, what kind of GPS would you have to have? Is like special um, GPS for Mars? It's an MPS. Mars positioning system. Well,
1: it's just G is global. I mean, I guess the globe you're on would be Mars, right? I don't know. I'm, I'm classifying everything as Mars. Intergalactic. <laughs> Everything's capital. Such with the capital M. Um, yeah, that's that's. I don't know. Then again, you're not going to crash into anything. There's nothing there. You just drive anywhere. That's you true. Just, you just freewheel. It's just woo, turn the wheel, and just that's it. Do donuts. As long as you don't hit a crater, you're good. Martian Donuts. Martian Donuts. Uh, So they're saying that um, the handpick at Cass spent 18 months being seasoned with Oslo uh, Oloroso sherry before being shipped to Scotland, where they're filled with the McAllen. And then they sit there for that long. I'm like, that's crazy. 40 years. 40 years. So saying only 465 total bottles exist and only 70 are going to be available in the U.S. Where are the other ones going? Are they sending the bulk of it to like, I think Japan has a big, um, there's a big run on whiskey in Japan, right? Yeah, I'm sure like
0: uh, Switzerland too, you know, countries like that. Yeah, Ireland, Scotland.
1: Yeah. So they're saying buy it from Macallan. You can buy it. Um, Only it's less than one Bitcoin.
0: This is at the moment. Yeah.
1: (laughs) <laughs> you know, when you put it into those factors, it's definitely worth it. Just go out and buy it. Uh, nine, nine grand, $9,000. Or... 1,000 9, big ones. Or less than one Bitcoin. About 80% of a Bitcoin, right? Roughly, yeah. Roughly right now. Today? <clears throat> Who
0: knows tomorrow that, if it could be... This minute? Two Bitcoin. You gotta go, yeah. Half a Bitcoin?
1: You got to go minute to minute, just about. Yeah, 9000 bucks. <clears throat> Damn, that would I'm be just, good investment though. Oh, I'm just, I'm just shocked that it's so cheap. Why not buy a few? Buy a six pack. <laughs> it's like how much for a case? Is there a twenty percent discount if I get a whole case? Oh yeah, you get one free on a case. That'd be kind of
0: good. You gotta give at least ten percent discount, right? That's right. That's so bananas. I think it doesn't. Well, like, I mean, <laughs> I mean, the thirty that we had was unbelievable. I can't imagine what the forty must taste like.
1: Yeah, that must be like, I don't know. Like syrup, like scotch syrup. Mm, put on your pancakes.
0: <laughs> so, we got one more story. Some talk about booze. Shipyard Brewing is suing another brewery in a trademark bullying to backlash its trademark bullying. So, this is a weird story. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to break this down for us.
0: So last summer, uh, it was reported that there was a dispute between Shipyard Brewing Company and Logboat Brewing Company. Now, both issues have images of schooners on their labels, but they're very different. And Logboat has a beer called Shiphead, which uses the word head, while Shipyard has beers like Pumpkinhead and Melonhead and other <laughs> variations. But Shipyard does not have a beer called Shiphead, so Shiphead. it's just—it's like remember we had the thing a couple of weeks ago talking about Moosehead, how yeah. like Moosehead is suing like Hop and Moose because it's a beer and it's got a moose on it, and they're not even closely related.
1: It's right. a lot. It's of just a moose on a logo, but apparently logo. they sue a lot for their moose logo.
0: That's what they're known for. Yeah, shitty beer and suing people. Yeah, isn't that weird? Yeah, and it's what's what's funny is I mean. Shipyard is still it's still pretty much a craft beer. It's a smaller brewery. And I always liked like I liked their pumpkin
1: hat. that was like one of the better pumpkin beers out there. Um I'm looking, looking at the Longboat. Head, I'm looking at the Longboat site and the logo doesn't even look anything close not to it. Close.
0: Yeah. So now the um so Shipyard's pretty small but this Logboats even smaller. But the Logboat has these like kind of like rabid fans. So they're just going on to like every like beer like beer um Beer advocate and uh beer reviews and just trashing all the shipyard stuff. Oh, and, like nice. totally sandbagging like all their reviews. And now they're getting all pissed off because they're getting all these one star reviews. Ah, uh, awesome.
1: <laughs> people are speaking. Yeah, right. Yeah, the logos are totally different. One is like a schooner, one's like a big with sails open. That's shipyard. Mm-hmm. And logboat is like it looks like a canoe, like a log boat, like a with three people. There's like a kid. It looks like a a woman, a guy or a woman with a weird hat. And it's silhouettes and like a little girl on the boat. So it's kind of like, how do you, they're not even close. Yeah, it's really weird. And then
0: I guess Shipyard, they've made some, uh, they're complaining about some of the like defamation they're receiving. They're saying (laughs) that suggestions that Shipyard is pursuing the trademark lawsuit for ulterior motives. Obstantiated claims that Shipyard is a trademark bully and general insults concerning Shipyard's business and the quality of its beers. <laughs> so this there's actually a judge hearing this and it's just like this is completely ridiculous.
1: I guess they'd have to prove that logboat was perpetrating or helping per, you know, helping fuel the the defamation. You know what I mean? Otherwise it's just people pissed off that are just speaking out, you know. Yeah, and it's saying like
0: this is actually really hurting shipyard's reputation because they really look like assholes by doing this.
1: They could drop the suit at any time.
0: Yeah, and again, like like we've just said, you know, you look at the logos; they're not even remotely similar.
1: Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it's crazy how people. I guess you know the the highly flutin' ski bums when they come out with their podcasts, <laughs> we may have to have to trademark bully them too. I don't know. That's true.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I I think we may join that boycott and boycott Shipyard Beers.
1: Yeah, I think I was kinda already doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Uh I'm just saying it's not really I'm not gonna have to change much of what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh I have had Shipyard before. Pumpkin the pumpkin and uh is
0: very good. Pumpkin Head. Yeah. But you know what? Um, if I don't have it, I'm not gonna like, you know, my life isn't gonna
1: change for the worse. So Yeah. Something kind of like Nick's shipyard. It's kind of like for Lent, I've given up liver before when I was a little kid. That's really not doing much because I'm not eating liver anyway. Yeah, right? I'm not giving up anything. Let's put it that way.
0: <laughs> let's get into the Genjula.
1: Boom. Boom. So, Brian, why don't you hit up uh, Frank's Bean of the Week? All right. So,
0: make right. it Frank, thanks so much for sending in the bean of the Week. Now, Frank, our pal, he was out in in Lake Tahoe recently. He was running wild this week, wasn't he? Yeah, he was going buck wild. Uh, He sent an article about the top five strains to look forward to of cannabis for 2018. And one of them, conveniently, was called White Tahoe Cookies. Nice. Yeah, so White Tahoe Cookies is an indica-dominant strain created by Cush for breakfast and distributed by archive seed bank. The strain is a blend of the white Tahoe OG and an unknown girl scout cookies cut and exemplifies attributes of each in trichome coverage effect and aroma. The GSC bouquet has been enhanced through this cross offering of sweeter hashier notes and distant OG undertones its sedative effects pile on with each hit, weighing the consumer to their seat and alleviating minor pain and anxiety.
1: Wow. I see the flavor profile. It says spicy, herbal, citrus, and tree fruit.
0: That sounds pretty damn good, yeah.
1: I like uh, Gray Bay Bay 17 said the strain is lovely. My girlfriend and I both enjoy smoking it and it enhances our sexual vibrations after smoking. Whoa. The white Talk hell cookies are a man's best friend, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if Gray Bay Bay 17 says it, you know, it's got to be legit. <laughs> I love the reviews more than the, the other stuff. Sometimes.
0: Dude, I think <laughs> what would be a lot of fun is just getting super baked and just reading reviews of different <laughs> strains of weed. Read the, str- read like the weed.
1: strain that you're smoking. Yeah. <laughs> was it helpful? Yes, it was helpful that their review.
0: <laughs> the only negative effect is dry mouth. But it's great for lack of appetite and stress. You feel uplifted. Well, let me ask you something. Is dry
1: mouth that bad? Dry mouth's not that bad, right? I can deal with dry mouth. Have some water. That's right. Right. A cup of water. Yeah. Yeah. What were the negatives? Just dry mouth. Yeah. Just dry mouth. That's it. It's all upside from there. Uplifted, euphoric, happy, relaxed, and aroused. Ooh, aroused got like a midway. It's the first one I've seen where aroused is up there. I think that was probably a tribute to Gray Baby Seventeen. Gray Baby. <laughs> <laughs> They are famous right now.
0: Yep. I like it. That's their only review too. I was going onto the web, you know, I went into the their profile and was hoping to find more gray baby links,
1: but that's the only one they reviewed. It was so good that they had to they were they were moved to do the review. He had to create a profile. <laughs> that's right. The review, how good it was. He must have gotten some good stuff after that from his uh him yeah. and his girlfriend must have had a good time after that, let's put it that way. That's right. So, all right. And with that, we got some uh, news, some uh, Gondola news, right? Oh, yeah. So you want to take the next one? Or you want me to do the next one? What are we doing here?
0: I'll take, I'll take the first one. Yeah. So this was a study that was done, um, and it says that legal marijuana cuts violence as medical use laws see crime fail. This was put out by The Guardian. Oh, wow. And- the study said that legal pot is crippling Mexican drug trafficking organizations. And it said that states on the Mexican border that legalize medical use of the drug, violent crime fell by 13% on average. Most of the marijuana consumed in the U.S. originates in Mexico, where seven major cartels control the illicit drug trade. Uh, These laws allow local farmers to grow marijuana that can be sold to dispensaries where it is sold legally. And these growers are in direct competition with Mexican drug cartels that are smuggling the marijuana into the U.S. As a result, the cartels get much less business. Wow, that sounds like a really big positive thing.
1: Yeah. Seems like stuff is working the way it should.
0: Yeah, it makes... When you look at the you know part of the reasons why you would want to legalize it to eliminate you know the the power of the cartels this is working out as exactly as people theorized it would right but unfortunately some people high up in our government are some a bit, bit
1: naive and that leads us to the next topic is to counter that there's been a group of uh, legislators that have drafted a bipartisan reefer act Uh, which is targeting to counteract Sessions' war on cannabis in uh, the high style. So uh, what they're doing is putting together a bill, which is meant to um, uh, kill funding for federal interference in trying to go after um, states, you know, um, you know, federal regulation in states where uh, they've Actually made it legal. So uh, the way it's kind of worded is to protect states and individuals in states that have laws which permit the use of cannabis and for other purposes. So they're basically saying, you know, the state law should supersede the federal law in the state uh, since it is, you know, a state-regulated thing. Um, so there's a bunch of um, a bunch of reps uh, that are putting together Democrats, Republicans. Um, and they're saying, you know, it would create protections for medical and recreational cannabis and bar f- uh, federal funding for any efforts from the Justice Department to interfere in states laws, which to me, you know, in terms of do I really want it? You know, do I really, you know, I, I don't really care what this, the states do. What, what people vote on is what they vote on a state. I just don't think federal government should be on top of that, which is is just something they should kind of come out already and just back off of, I think yeah, one of things
0: about the way you know our, our system is set up is that it allows states to almost be experimental playgrounds for different laws you know and so far the, the states that have legalized it have had more positive than negative results so the fact that this draconian belief system is is being is attempting to being, you know, overlay all of that, that positivity is, it's just, it's so, it's so insane to me. And it's just so silly and it's just backward thinking that is yeah. allowing this to, to even happen.
1: Well, what kills me is that even though the federal government comes in and wants to shut it down, they can't stop it because the state says it's legal. So now you have this, this fight going back and forth and the real loser is the taxpayer. Cause all they're doing is wasting money, you know, cracking down on something that's legal in the state where you're going to give people criminal record. You're going to spend all this money trying to crack down on it. And then it's going to open right back up because it's legal by the state. So, and the people least, in that state have said they want it. You right. Know, it's not like they're being forced to take
0: it. That's the thing. It's a choice. People have decided this is what they want. This is the way we want to move forward. Right. And to, to have this this old dipshit come in and say that, you know, this is this is what we're going to do now. We're going to, you know, we're going to override the state's rights. It's, it's just. Well, the whole thing that kills me about it, too, is about how things could progress. That's the uncomfortable thing. You know, things, this, you know, it could, you could have, I, I can definitely see people making the argument, oh, a bunch of stupid stoners not getting what they want. You know, that's a dumb thing. But you know what? It's a slippery slope after that. Who's to say what they're going to take away next?
1: Well, I also look at from a business owner, like, you know, if you had a business and it was a legal business, but yet the federal government wants to come in and shut you down, you're like, well, wait a minute. I did it legitimately. I I applied. I I paid a lot of money for these licenses. I set up a regulated business and everything by the state. And now you're telling me you're going to shut me down. Well, why is that so contradictory? Why did you let the state have that right to, to allow it? Well, the federal government can't stop the state from, from allowing it. So why is the federal government trying to, to squash the state regulation? You know, it's not breaking any federal law. If it was, bring it up to the Supreme Court, and then federally they could say, okay, states can't do certain things because it breaks, you know, constitutional law, or something like that. But, you know, I'm not a legal guy. I'm just saying, why would there, there be this contradiction going on? Because it all it does is waste a, a ton of money, and the industry it's hurting the industry. It's hurting the people working within the industry because, because it's not federally legal, they can't even do banking legitimately. So now you got to do banking, you know, and transactions like you're uh, an old fashioned CD drug dealer, which you want it to be cleaned up. You want people to be safe. Let it, let it be operated like a regular business, you know?
0: And you know, what our, our president keeps going on about wanting to get more jobs and more Americans working. This is an entirely new industry that needs so many people doing so many new tasks. It this is this is an obvious out of the park grand slam home run that could be hit. And
1: I mean the farming industry alone creates so many jobs just residual jobs from you know, farmers to people that work on the farms to people that supply the farms. There's this whole ecosystem of like, that's what the country was founded. on. Well, yeah. Well,
0: Cause even for the, the marijuana industry, there's the whole seed to sale requirement. So, you know, there's so much security and computer software and um, tracking systems that have all have, to, I mean, they're, they're being built on the fly now to, yeah. to facilitate this new product. There's so many great opportunities that if, if this was truly the belief of of the president and he wanted to do this, it's again it's a home run. It's a out of the park grand slam home run. Trump said when he was running that I'm gonna leave us up to the states.
1: Well, here's what kills me run. about this whole thing, right? So the federal government comes and says, You can't, you can't whatever they make it illegal, right? They started trying to pass, so there's the whole other issue of industrial hemp, right? non-marijuana, you know, not marijuana, but actual hemp that's used in textiles and whatever. Uh 2014-2015 they passed a law that that um was supposed to um well, if passed would have uh released current restrictions. But industrial hemp is now legal in more than 30 countries. The United States is one of the few uh that does not allow the cultivation of hemp. Um that might have changed in the last, you know, year or two, but it's kind of It's still one of those things that still industrial hemp is still stunted. And you're talking about a cash crop for farmers that has nothing to do with marijuana or anything like that. It's an actual something agricultural and textile like crop that we could grow, which instead we just keep importing it from other countries. I mean, it's all wrapped up into that.
0: Yeah. And even um, Henry Ford, the Model T, the, uh, the fenders were made of hemp. You know, back then they were using it and it made sense. Oh, them, nice! You know the public, the public was manipulated by William Randolph Hearst and his publishing company. They wanted to, you know, he he just had built a. I think it, I, I think the story goes he built a a paper factory or a paper mill, just he dumped a ton of money into it to print the magazines. Yeah. and uh, they said that hemp would be would would take over the paper industry because it's cheaper, it's better, it's it's easier to grow. So he just published a bunch of misinformation about how hemp is is bad and hemp and marijuana are the same thing. And and then it just it's stuck in people's dumb little pea brains for 100 years now. It's crazy. It's unbelievable. Like, you know, it's just been beaten into us. And so many people just drink the Kool-Aid and accept what they well, learn. Especially
1: way back. People used to just read something like, oh, yeah, that's the truth. That's why the Germans are so great at like propaganda. They just put it on paper. People are like, it's on paper. Kind of like today you hear, it's on the internet. It must be true.
0: <laughs> yeah, I saw it on TV. I saw it on CNN. I saw, on t- I saw yeah. it on Fox
1: News. It's I saw crazy. it on some show. It's,
0: yeah, crazy. Yeah, and people have, you know, again, as kids, you have that beat into your head. And some people just haven't decided to take, to think and actually look at new information. And that's why we are where we are right now.
1: Yeah. It's unbelievable. Oh, actually, on a side note, so you say, Henry Ford, the bumper was made out of hemp. Mm-hmm. I was watching uh, comedians in cars getting coffee. I was catching up on that, the Jerry Seinfeld thing. Okay, yeah, yeah. And he was driving a car, which I thought was cool. It was made out of wood. Like, the whole body was made out of wood. Oh, like, that's badass. That's one with Louis C.K., right? Uh, no, I think he breaks out again. It was with, um, uh, it was uh, uh, Colbert, I think. Yeah, I think it was Colbert. Um, it was uh, the first I, season. I'm watching. I the- even remember that one? It was like a Morgan or something. Yeah, a Morgan. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was pretty cool. The whole thing was made out of wood. I was like, "That's badass." <laughs> you get into a fender bender. I'm like, well, "What do you do? Get like wood fill, <laughs> splinters, get some sandpaper out. Like that would be kind of weird." Yeah, some wood glue, you're fine. Wood glue, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> we'll cut a tree down and make you a new part. All right. So- well, I think it's time for.
0: Let's go to ski news. <laughs> All right, Well, so first off, poorest airlifted out of Swiss Ski Resort of Zermatt. Now, we have been to Zermatt, and it's pretty much probably one of the, the original birthplaces of, of alpine skiing. It's climbing, it's a, magical, ski, it's a beautiful place. It's a magical little place. And it's kind of, it's interesting because you re- you can't drive into it. You know, no. you have to take this train to get in because there's no cars in the town. It's There's quite literally little,
1: like when they talk about, I guess the old books or movies talk about Shangri-La. That's kind of like what I think about.
0: Pretty much like Shangri-La in the mountains. Yeah. So they have these little electric taxis and horse and buggies and stuff, but they don't have any real cars. So you're almost, it's almost uh, almost like a little bowl up in the the mountains where you're yeah. staying. So they uh, <laughs> they had a massive snowstorm up there. And it stranded 13,000 tourists up in the village. And they said there was two days of record snowfall and exceptional risk of avalanches. Wow. So they had to airlift people out of the village to the nearby village of Tesh, which is a three-minute flight from where rail replacement buses were available for their onward journey. That's wild. 100 people per hour were- are
1: man. Those
0: guys are great. They know what they're doing there. So when it gets bad, that bad, it's, it's like a, what's it like a once in a, once in a millennia, wow, once in a decade kind of I I don't know if that's ever happened before. 13,000
1: people. I mean, yeah.
0: Wow. They have that crazy train we did take up. Remember? Yep. Instead yeah. of taking a chairlift, what so we took do a, is take this, this chain, this train from the village up to the top of the mountain.
1: Yeah. it's definitely planes, trains, and automobiles because we flew into Geneva we took a bus over to the train. The train village. Yeah, yeah. So we took the plane, then the bus, then the train. Yep. Got us up to the town. And then in the town there weren't any it's all electric cars. Like if there are cars, it's very it was pretty wild. Very surreal. Like you really feel like you're going somewhere, like you are away from everything.
0: Yeah. They were saying that everything was under control. Um they had plenty of you know, there was lots of snow. People could go shopping, eating, and drinking, but you couldn't go skiing or hiking. Which, I mean, isn't that like the worst thing? Like when all you want to do is go skiing and there's just too much snow that you can't.
1: Yeah, you're like, but it looks so great. I just want to go, and they're like, yeah, avalanche warning is like five out of five. I don't think you want to go anywhere. That's what it was. Because yeah. they said it was like like severe, severe. Because they rate the avalanche warning. It's one out of five. Um I'm kind of freaking out because, Brian, I think I told you I'm going somewhere in a week and a half. And uh, it is avalanche warning right now is four out of five. I'm like, wow, I think I'm staying on piste. <laughs> but we'll see.
0: You say that now.
1: That's what I say now. But then I get out there and I got all my gear. We'll see. Yeah. Always safe, though. Nothing stupid. So Unbelievable how much snow they got there. That's crazy. That's like, that's like Jackson hole last year, right? They had the, what
0: they? They had the power outage. Yeah.
1: It's like, they're going to start eating each other. So it was like, it's a Donner pass again. What the hell do you got to do? Right. They were out of power for like five days or something. Right. And then they started like yeah. evacuating Teton village or something. Yeah. It's crazy. All right. Next up, we got the world's first ski in ski out tree houses now for rent in Montana. So uh, if you thought you know a nice resort was fun, um, how about a nice little treehouse snuggled away somewhere on the mountain where you could just go in there? You got a little place, you got cozy blankets. Uh, that could be kind of cool. So um, they have a, uh, I guess at Whitefish they have this uh, this um, company called Snow Bear Chalets, and it's built as a, for, as the world's first ski and ski ski-out treehouses um which are you know 30 feet above um the forest with gorgeous views of the mountain um and they're they're nicely built chalets and they're only a few minutes from uh, a chairlift so it looks pretty cool it
0: looks so cool yeah like super fancy like giant tree houses
1: yeah it's like a but it's like a like when we were in Jackson Hole, we had those places where it's like a little house and they had like these little temporary houses. Like it looks like that. They just like said, hey, let's put these all over the resort. I'm like, it's that's like a, cool.
0: It's like a fancy mini log cabin. Yeah. It's kind of like up a little bit. Yeah. That is I mean, cool. The kitchen, it's got like, you know, like granite countertops, stainless steel appliances. You got oh, a hot tub on baller. the deck, fireplaces.
1: Yeah, it looks baller as hell.
0: They're saying yeah, you can uh you can go on to home away and you can rent them out between six, sixty-seven, and thirteen hundred per night.
1: That's not bad. Yeah. Because It's not like you're near the resort. You're on the mountain. Like you are middle mountain. They just drop them in middle mountain.
0: Yeah. There's uh there's three sh- so if you have a large group, you can also book all three chalets to sleep twenty two in total.
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: So yeah, yeah, I guess I mean you know if you it's do have fireplaces and all, ah, oh, this is beautiful. If you have six people, you know, and you can get one for six sixty seven a night, that's fantastic. Oh yeah, got its own hot tub. It's ah, oh, these things are tricked out. They're so nice. They're so cool. And again, right on the mountain.
1: Yeah. See, this is this is my my style right here. You just get out there. You're middle of the woods right there. Because at night, there's nobody around. You're making all the noise you want. Do whatever you want. True.
0: Which is good and bad, because if you do make a bunch of noise, because you've got bears coming in and eating your family, there's no one that would hear you and help you.
1: That's true. That's true. Um, what if it comes to like, special like bear grenades? Why, maybe that's why they're up a little, so the bears can't get you. Perhaps. And wolves, right? Wolves are out there, too, probably. Wolves, definitely, yeah. You definitely don't want to go outside to take a leak at, like, 2 in the morning. You might get eaten by something. Yeah. You know, someone has. Or just fall asleep in the snow and freeze to death like you know, like the shining. You'd be like Jack Nicholson. You don't want to go
0: yeah. out like that. Yeah,
1: that wouldn't be fun. Yeah. So yeah, that's All pretty right. cool. Good folks at NOAA. Do you remember what that stands for? Uh National Oceanic Oceanic Um Association of America. I don't know. I know it's a National Oceanic something. I remember we like looked it up a couple times ago. And Atmospheric o- something? Atmos National Oceanic and Atmospheric Association. Association. Sounds good. That works. So
0: they uh, have indicated there's going to be a major pattern change so that this week California is finally going to get back into the snow game. So the jet stream was, was trending relatively high, relatively north kind of uh, near the Washington, you know, I guess, U.S.-Canada border near Washington State and Vancouver. And it's taken a, a dip now. So now it's hitting kind of central California. Mm-hmm. So within the next couple of days, I think today and tomorrow, we're recording this on Thursday, the 18th, California is due to get one to two feet of snow today into tomorrow, wow. above 6,500 feet. Because they've had kind of a dry season this year. You know, they got slaughtered the last two seasons. They've been, they got, you know, pounded. And they pretty much, you know, the whole, almost the whole debt or uh, debt, Jesus, the drought in California was solved because of all the snow they got and all the snow melt it ran down to central and Southern California. But they got, yeah, they're uh, they're kind of hurting so far this year. But now with this change in the jet stream moving further south, bringing them some more moisture, they're uh, they're back in the game california sierra you know tahoe mammoth are finally back and they're getting they're getting hit
1: i was talking to my boss today he's going he's leaving tomorrow night for utah for park city and he said he's like they haven't gotten good snow and i looked it up i was like wow they really haven't been getting good snow this year it was bad until about this this week they had some snow finally yeah it's coming back and i think it's forecast this week is going to get really good out there yeah but um I, th- I was telling I was like, you should stay, go up to Killington. <laughs>
0: Seriously, right?
1: You know, stay on the East Coast. <laughs> it with these storms now
0: that are hitting California. There could be wind gusts up to 100 miles an hour.
1: Damn. Snow cane. <laughs> crazy, right? Snow, snow bombacane. is going to be Obama. Obama. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy stuff, man. Oof. So, uh, all right, this next uh, story we got for Ski News, um, what is Altera? So that's a good question, Brian. What is Altera?
0: So, I remember my dad doing like having some sort of software back in the day called Altera.
1: <laughs> for a minute, I was like... like software or something. For a minute, I was like, there's cigarettes, right? That's Altria. Oh, that's true, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Altera is a mountain company, and they're made up of unique mountain destinations. so So this was um, like that whole like we talked about like last year the whole
0: ksl you know henry crown company those two companies that kind of joined up and bought all those resorts right this is their new their
1: new identity their new identity altera so it is steamboat winter park squaw valley uh alpine meadows mammoth june mountain big bear stratton snowshoe Tremblant. Blue Mountain, uh, Deer Valley, and CMH Heli Skiing and Summer Adventures in BC. So, uh, I guess they're going to rebrand everything to Altera, right? Yeah. So it'll be, it'll still have the mountain name, but it'll be Altera ownership or Altera company, kind of like Veil's the owner of whatever um, Stowe or something like that. So that's interesting. So they finally came out with a name and a logo. So. It looks like a smoking company. (laughs) Just joking. Uh, It looks very futuristic. The font, pretty cool looking. So, be interesting to see if they change around some of the logos uh, at the mountains too.
0: They're saying that the name Altera is a fusion of the words altitude and terrain slash terra.
1: Ooh.
0: Playing homage to the mountains and communities that form the backbone of the company.
1: Wow. I bet you that cost them like $2 million to get that.
0: <laughs> oh, at least. yeah. Come up, so the, marking, the companies, come up The whole,
1: the whole nonsense they do to, to create yeah. their identity. They had the pitches. They probably had like 50 different type of logos and you know, here's the logo with different font, like different board, colors. Like what, what, what do you feel is, is your spirit animal? <laughs> that's right. We have black, white and red, but you know, that's how we feel you are. But like we were thinking blue and yellow. No, that's not out. You know? Probably had the. Uh, I want to see the, the the ones that didn't make the the list. Oh yeah, right, like the the bad names, the rejections. Yeah,
0: <laughs> they probably...
1: rejected names and rejected logos. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're saying too that they're also going to come up with a a special pass um, for all for like access to all their existing mountains.
1: Yeah. So right now there's the Epic and the Mountain Collective. Some of these are part of Mountain Collective, right or no?
0: Uh, I'm not sure.
1: Stratton, Stratton is not, but yeah, it makes sense that they're going to have something to join all their, all their, um, ski resorts into one pass.
0: You kind of have to have your your pass for all your resorts.
1: Yeah. And it is a good marketing thing. I mean, it's, you get in that synergy of, Hey, you know, I live near Vermont, so I could drive there, but I want to take a trip out West. So, let me go to a place that honors this pass. I mean, it, it does make sense, you know.
0: Yeah. So Yeah, I'm looking What's at their going? website, it has doesn't have too much on there yet. It's got some some photos, it's got all the different resorts, links to them. Nice. Actually, they don't link to anywhere. Oh no. The website is still being updated.
1: Yeah, I There's forgot a... Tremblant is in that. I didn't realize because they were part of, I guess they didn't go with the Whistler sale. Which one? When Whistler was sold, they were part of InterWest, and I guess they were part of a separate company by the time they got sold to Vale. I think Whistler was its own thing. They were like a public,
0: publicly traded company. Yeah, they were their own animal, right? Was... Yeah, then Vail bought them out. Hmm. $2 billion.
1: Altera Mountain Co., and then they have a pop-up, join our tribe, get free digital newsletters. There you go. So I wonder if it has any kind of like tribal Indian meaning or something, I don't know.
0: All right, so next story, and this kind of goes along with the one we talked about earlier in Zermatt. The, The thing to check out is to check out these photos. We'll have the link in the show notes, and it's a huge avalanche buries road under seven meters of snow after once in a lifetime snowstorm in the <sighs> Alps. So this storm, which hit you know France and Switzerland and parts of Italy, um, shows the <laughs> shows this crazy tunnel that had to be dug out because of all the snow, and it blocked roads between. Bezins in the village of Bonneville-sur-Arc in the Savoy district on Tuesday and left the resident, the 250 residents of the Bonneville cut off after covering the road with between five and seven meters of snow. Hmm. So, for those who don't know how to do that sort of math, that's like 15 to 21 f- feet of snow.
1: That's crazy. That is that's, crazy. Like a, that's like a bus turned. Straight wise up, right? Like, pretty much, yeah. That's nuts. Yeah, the pictures are just like even plowing that out, it, it's like a little scary look it's a little claustrophobic. Like, how do you even start plowing that? Uh, one plat, one, one from the
0: top, like, do you like helicopters? Like, I, I
1: one shovel at a time,
0: I guess. That's that it's a snowfall like this only happens like every 30 years.
1: Well, so let's go back to last year. You remember the uh, the Italian hotel that got wiped out from an oh, avalanche? That was so scary, yeah. So yeah. the Alps had some areas, and then there were inbounds, on-piste avalanches that happened, I think, what was it, Italy? And there was another place that had another one too, right? One of was on a blue run? It? Oh, Austria, I think, yeah. So there was a lot of snow that dumped in the Alps last year, and it looks like this year it's just keeping up. They're getting puked on, snow it's puking. Like
0: different parts, it seems like, this year.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. All I know is uh, where I'm going. They're expecting (laughs) avalanches four out of five, which means they just got dumped on. And I think I saw they're expecting another 10 inches Saturday and more next week. So hopefully there'll be some nice uh, powder when we get out there.
0: Damn. Nice.
1: See, nice and cold. Hopefully no avalanches and we'll be good. Yeah, right. That's just it. You don't want to get too much now. To sound a little snooty. You want snow, but not too much snow. Oh, they're saying there the risk level is still a four out of five. So that's even after the avalanche. It's still four out of five.
0: All right. So I have one more story before we get to the main topic. It's kind of a, a small, just a, a, something to note. So next week, starting on January 25th, going through the 28th, is the Outdoor Retailer and Snow Show out in Denver, Colorado. And we were trying to make it out there this year. Unfortunately, circumstances did not allow. But my sister, who will be on the podcast in the upcoming weeks, she has her own outdoor kind of consulting company. She will be in attendance representing us. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully we'll have some insights, some information, some news live from the floor next week, which would be pretty cool and hopefully get some photos. We're having someone else go as a photographer under, under our, uh, our name, our company for us. Yeah. There should be some cool information, some cool photos that we can hopefully, you know, get up for you guys to check out next week. Excellent. We will keep you posted on that. Yeah, very nice. If you're out there, you know, hashtag us in any of your posts. That'd be cool, and we'll retweet it out and re Facebook and re Instagram it and spread the love. So spread the love. At include at Ski Bum Podcast in your posts if you're going. All right, and with that, let's get into the main topic. So Mario, you've been mentioning a couple times now about your upcoming trip that's our main topic this week.
1: I'm talking about Val Thorenz. So, uh, Les trois valleys are totally butchering that French up, but um so the three valleys. So it's Courchevel, Maribel, and Val Thorenz. So we're going to Val Thorens, going with the big ski club and uh Hoboken represent. And um Val Thorenz is all the way to the right, is in the m- middle and is on the left side. So um it's very important when we're looking at logistics, like, okay, what are we going to ski today? So, um, let's talk about getting there. So getting there, we're going to fly into Geneva, about two and a half hour hour ride. Uh, and then, you know, uh, we're just going to ski the hell out of that place. So avalanche risk is at about a four out of five right now. Uh, looking at the snow report, like I said, Saturday, they're expected to get seven inches and Sunday they're expected to get 17. So they're getting a ton of snow to prep for us. Uh, and then temperatures, yeah, it's 14 degrees right now, <laughs> 21 at the base. So it's cold. It's going to be pretty cold. It's one of those areas, I guess. Um, so they are saying it's the highest valley, highest, uh, one of the largest and the highest, uh, I guess in the Alps ski areas. So it's above the tree line. So it's very, I've heard, you know, uh, somebody on the trip gave a bunch of advice. They sent uh, some stuff out to everybody today. Um, And they're saying, like, you have to watch out for the weather because the weather is going to change dramatically. So if it's not great in Valterens for the day, you might want to skip over and uh, ski on Mirabelle uh, because it's a little bit lower. So, uh, you know, some good advice there. They also say, you know, um, try to stay in the sunlight because, you know, the sun moves in the valley throughout the day. So you know, keep that in mind. So it looks like it's going to be a pretty sweet deal. Um, now, in terms of altitude, uh, it is one of the highest in the Alps. I don't think it's as high as the U.S., though. They give it to me in kilometers, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what the meters and kilometers. You know, this is your this is your first time on skis this season, right? This will be my yes first tracks this year. So. I've been training, but it's still not the same as getting on skis. So we'll what, see how I fare. Have you done anything like specific? I okay. got a trainer and he's beating the shit out of me doing, um, not a lot of heavyweights, but a lot of, uh, the ski movements and a lot of like stuff to kind of get the whole body in shape. Um, some of the stuff I've been doing a lot of posture ball, I've been doing like jump, you know, a lot of jumping to the side, a lot of jumping, uh, uh, sh- straight up, you know, uh, forward straight up a lot of um lunges uh what else um yeah just a lot of exercises like that a lot of total body and a lot of you know burpees things like that that you know get the whole you know not just the legs but like the the core a lot of core work been yeah been doing a ton of core work a lot of planks a lot of um what do you call them Turkish Turkish squats or something like that? Not the get-ups. The uh, there's there's something with the ball where you're going with a medicine oh. ball back and forth. Mm-hmm. Um, I forgot what they call them? You like you lift your legs up and you kind of do side to side. You're going to the floor and stuff. Uh, there's one with stacking. You're stacking like uh, stacking step pieces over. Um, what else we do a lot of the what is it? TP TPX. You know, they have you know, the, the body weight stuff in the gym. So it's yeah, a lot the, of body
0: the ropes, weight, the straps, right?
1: Yeah. The ropes, the big heavy rope, like all that stuff, sled, a lot of sled pushes, um, and rope pulls. So, you know, sled push, they, they have like a sled in the gym they just weight it up and then you just push it for, just keep pushing it, you know? Yeah. Till you want to die pretty much. <laughs> uh, so a lot of stuff like that. I've been doing a lot of stair climb, you know, instead of doing like the bike, like I was doing previously, I've been doing a lot more stair climbing. Um, so yeah, I've, I changed it up a little bit. Uh, definitely a lot more weights this time, and I still get my cardio in, but it's not not just all cardio like I was doing. So I think I'm pretty. I'm feeling pretty good, you know. But again, as I know, once you get out on skis, you know that's really you, you're still going to use muscles that you haven't used. So um, yeah, we'll see. I'm excited and excited and scared at the same time, but it's a good scared so. But uh, yeah, so that's my big thing right now is, you know, I'm trying to debate of, do I bring my baller ass DPS skis um, or do I just rent there? And I looked at the skis and I wasn't totally happy, but I was like, still lugging skis around is going to be a pain in the, in the balls because I got to work in New York for like two days and then fly out to out from there and then come back. So it's kind of like it, it's going to be a lot of logistically. It's a nightmare.
0: Yeah, I think you should uh, should post that on social. See what people think. I'm gonna have to.
1: Yeah, I think I'll post it on Instagram and Facebook. I'll just I'll I'll make a post tonight. Be like, what's everybody's opinion? To DPS or not to DPS? Yeah, because they're they're nice skis, especially for powder, and they're good on not powder. But
0: I think the conditions are gonna be great.
1: Brought them to use them. You know, when are you gonna use them next? Otherwise. Yeah, the other thing I was little. I guess somebody told me they said if the skis that get damaged on the airplane in the cargo thing, they're not responsible for anything. So you don't get any you get insurance on the luggage, but you don't up to a certain amount, but it's not like you're getting new skis. So I don't know. We'll see.
0: I think they're just trying to scare you. I think I think so too. You know, we've we've both skied in Europe before and you know, if you do rent skis there, they always give you the little like skinniest,
1: carvingest skis ever. So I've had some really great carving skis, but I don't think I'm going to want to carve. I'm going to want to just plow through some snow. So, yeah, I'm leaning towards a DPS Um, because I'm looking at it, too. Like if I rent, it's going to be about 200 American, right? Just skis only because I'm going to go for the premium or the whatever package so I can have pick of whatever I want. So that's about 200 bucks. If I bring the skis and I still go over on like other stuff I'm bringing, cause I got to work and bring work stuff and all. Um, and I had to pay for luggage for an extra bag. It's a hundred dollars each way. So I'd, have, I'd pay 200 bucks anyway. Yeah. But I'd have my stuff. So I'm leaning towards bringing the skis. Let's put it that way. Yeah. So. The dollar to Euro isn't very good right now either. As it 1.2 or something like
0: that. dollar is
1: 0. 0.82 euro. Yeah. So. So that's uh yeah, so that's gonna be interesting. Um, but I'm excited to go. It's it's like one of the largest ski areas in the world. Um the the largest ski area in the world. I think it is because they're they're all technically considered joined together. Mm -hmm. Um but it's supposed to be so I I went on a bunch of sites and I saw like old school, like from like you know, 2010 and 2000 these uh these videos that were done by like people traveling there and like you know travel video and it's pretty cool they were a little bit retro you saw a little bit old stuff and uh they had the old music and stuff it was kind of cool but um they gave uh everything that I've seen is saying that valens was when it was designed it was done designed for function more than form and then over the years it's developed into like a more affluent like ski area because there's just been tons of money poured into the place and there's, you know, a lot to do there. So they have like Michelin star restaurants and a lot of amenities and supposedly some of the best, um, uh, apres ski life and nightlife, you know, for clubs there. La Fale deuce is the apres ski place that I think it always ranks number one or two in the world for, uh, top, uh, apres ski places to go in the world. So I think it's that. And then there's some place in St. that's supposed to be like the, those two are like always ranked top, top places to go. Right. If you look on YouTube, if you look at Folly, it just, it looks like a, a big techno party in the middle of the mountain in the middle of the day. Maybe Peter Vaca will be there. Peter the Who knows? I like it. I might have to bring the chicken hat. La Folly douche. La Folly douche. <laughs> uh, yeah. But it looks like snow is forecasted like quite a bit. So, I mean, yesterday there was, yeah, yesterday got snow. So it looks like there's, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, we're going, we're not going with the usual. I think they want, they wanted to sell out to like 50 people. And I think they only sold out to, um, I think we're only about 26. So they oh, like half really? sold us. Yeah. It wasn't even that expensive. It was just, so I that it,
0: any, uh the people, the heads or the guys who run the thing had to
1: pay for it. I think they have to pay. Yeah. Oh, I think they I might. Think
0: they, usually it's free, right? If like they, uh, think well, so.
1: Yeah. I think if they sell it out, usually the two leaders get it free. But if they don't sell out at the half, I think one goes free. And, uh, but a lot of times what they'll do is then they'll split it. They each go for half, which is, which is fair, you know? Yeah. So, uh, it's kind of, it's not bad because with a big group, sometimes it gets a little, a little out of hand, a little too much to deal with. So this will be a little bit cozier, a little bit. Uh, and it, it seems like it's not the big party group that's going. It's the skier group that wants to enjoy stuff. So we'll see. It's always a, a different mix of people. So I'll be with our buddy, Harry. So that's the party right there. Uh, there you go. Yeah. So we'll see. I'm going to have to sl- slow it down and make sure I enjoy the, uh, the trip rather than just get drunk and party the whole time. Yeah. But you I want to see how much, yeah, I want to see how much, you know, that's the other thing. Like I was thinking about, like, am I going to go off piste and like try to backcountry ski? And I'm like, I looked at the size of this thing on online. I'm like, this thing's massive. I don't think I'm going to be able to cover the whole thing in like in a week. There's so much like in, in resort terrain. You almost, yeah, don't even need to go oh, out of it. Right. I mean, Valterans alone is huge. You know, we're going to go the best part. Like, you know, Brian, Valterans being above the tree line means they're gonna have little little stakes marking off the the, the runs, and you just go wherever you want. You're just gonna go flying all over off piece like crazy, you know.
0: Yeah, so. it's so nice. You see all the all the euros; they stay within those uh, within yeah. the the groomed corduroy areas, carving in the little groomed corduroy area, and, and of course, all the Americans were kind of bombing down the uh, all the yeah.
1: untouched powder on the sides, which is the best. Yeah. We're like, yes, this is what it was, and they all look at it in awe. I think it's gotten a little bit better now. They, they're they're probably getting into a little bit more. Yeah, it's really more the old folks that kind yeah. of do that. Yeah. I also think too, like, like I don't know. Like, last time we went to Europe was was Austria, right? And I think I remember we didn't see that many snowboarders. It was mainly skiers, right? Yeah, I think for the most part, yeah. Not like the the mix here. Here is like a good mix.
0: 25 there. Yeah.
1: Whereas here, it's like, what, almost 50-50?
0: Probably pretty close to
1: half, yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, flying out Friday, so uh, I think it it should be good. I'm excited, so. Yeah, there's a lot of frigging terrain
0: there. Yeah, dude, it's
1: massive. Yeah, so the good part of the ski club is they'll kind of... uh, So, usually what they do is they'll, they'll put out, like, an itinerary of where... Um, some of the, at least one of the trip leaders will be just to kind of guide people along. Like, and the way, the reason they do that, it's kind of a good idea where you don't have to follow it. It's just kind of a suggestion, like, here's where we're going to be. But if you follow that little itinerary, what they try to do is move around the whole mountain. So you get to see everything. So yeah, yeah. With this, I don't know. Usually I do five days and I take one day off, but if I feel up to it, I may want to take a day. And even if I ski half a day and like just go to Courchevel uh, just to ski I, that might be worth it you know
0: so you guys are staying in Val Thorens right
1: yeah we're staying at Hotel La Sherpa in Val Thorens which is uh right on the edge but everything is almost ski and ski out from what i see on the you know or it's like a short walk or it's really kind of
0: so how much of a pain in the ass is it to get to uh Courchevel the... then
1: Uh, from what I hear, it's like 45 minutes. If you go on a good beeline and everybody's like at least a, an intermediate to advanced skier, they're like, you can get there in like 45 minutes. So it's kind of like when we were in Zermatt and we went over to Servinia.
0: That took like two
1: hours though. Yeah. We took our time, but it took
0: forever. (laughs) Well, there's all that traversing we need to do.
1: Yeah. This, I don't think is as much traversing, but it's just, you're covering a bigger distance and you got to catch like, I think they said three lifts over. But then you got to come back. You got to start coming back by two because you got to take five lifts back. So you got to wait online. Five lifts back? Oh my yeah. God. So it's like easier to get there and a longer time to get back. So, and look at the layout. Like, are you just stranded then? Like, if you don't get back in time? Oh, yeah. You're pretty much boned. They also said, too, um, what they'll do is they close the um, so the where you cross the peak into the other valley is it gets really windy up there. So, they said you got to watch the weather because if weather is moving in in the afternoon, you can't get what they'll do is they'll shut those lifts going over into the other uh, valley and you get stuck in one of the valleys just because of weather. So, then you actually get snowed in to one, you know, you'd ski the rest of the day, but you can't do the crossover. So, you're so you stuck, kind in, of that stuck valley.
0: in that valley. Then, yeah.
1: So, they said if it's bad weather, stay in your valley. Um, otherwise, you could get stranded. <laughs> Which I'm like, I guess you got to look at the snow report. So, I, I like it. kind when of you, wild card? When we were in Zermont, they were like, "Yeah, if you go to Savinia,
0: right? That was the That's Italian, Italy. yeah, yeah." And they said, "What well, if you if you get stuck over there? It's what, like a two hundred dollar cab ride back or something."
1: Yeah, like, my two, two hours. Hours. It's a two yeah. hour cab yeah. ride. It was crazy. They were like, "You're better off just bringing some money with you and your passport and just staying overnight there somewhere." Yeah, <laughs> you know, because you you'll probably find a place for less than. 200 euro right and just kind of right make it make a night of it to be like all right we're staying here in italy airbnb it airbnb that's right make it work uh, yeah so uh i probably won't have internet connection we'll see i'm gonna try to uh maybe we'll try to set up a call while i'm there we'll do a little interview i'll let you know how things are going you can cut it, it into a right yeah and i'm sure you'll be posting pictures yeah i'm gonna try to post uh something every day if i can nice uh and I'm with. I'll be with Harry. and He takes good pictures too, so I'll, I'll steal some of his. Dude, Harry is if he's not on his phone, he's on his computer.
0: Yep. He's either boarding on his phone or on his computer.
1: He's always looking at his phone, but he take He always gets this cool video on it, like of him with his GoPro, like pointed at him, like getting this cool video of him shredded up. It's pretty cool. He's got like he'll put like a soundtrack to it and stuff. Yeah, he does it all like on his phone. Yeah, like he'll he'll be there at lunch staring at his phone and be like, "Here, look at the video I made." It's like. Wow, dude, that would have taken me like a long time because I would have put it off for a long time. That's what he does. That's what he does. The magic hair. Yeah, mean. yeah. So I'll let you know how everything goes.
0: It'll be- yeah, that's gonna be a lot of fun. So yeah, so um, so yeah, check out all of our socials. Mario will be posting all kinds of good photos and info and videos, hopefully, from there. So all right, cool. And yeah, if you want to get more info, check us out. All the info, we'll have it there. Skibump podcast.com. All right, now it's time to go under the ropes. First off, kayaker admits to spiking rivals' drink with steroids. What? Japanese kayaker an
1: anti Bill Cosby right <laughs>
0: <laughs> Japanese kayaker Yoshihiro Suzuki was expected to represent his country at the 2020 Olympics but he will no longer be doing that after admitting to dosing one of his rivals, <laughs> Saiji Komatsu, with anabolic steroids.
1: Damn, was he trying to do a uh, a flim-flam, uh, you know, Bill Cosby on flim
0: Well, I guess, so Komatsu, the guy who was accused of of taking steroids, you know, he tested positive, and he vehemently denied it. And then... They somehow had an investigation by the Japan Canoe Federation, which is a thing. Apparently, I didn't know that existed. Yeah. Let's and then see. he bet that this guy, he spiked his drink. Nice. <laughs> because yeah, got, he wanted you know, him to get picked above him for the
1: Olympics. Damn. Not just above him, but the other guys, like, banned from the sport. That's pretty messed up. I wonder if they, like, force him to commit Harry Kerry because of this. I don't know. That's just, that's just as bad as, uh, yeah, I killed him, so, you know. Pull the Tanya Harding on him. Well, he has, you know, he's disgraced his family, hasn't he? He has disgraced his name. Yeah. He might have to commit seppuku. Harry Carey. Isn't that so
0: crazy? He's a fucking kayaker.
1: He rides around in a canoe. Dude, this is going to be like, um, was it Blades of uh, Steel? Blades of Glory? Blades of Glory. <laughs> <laughs> like these sports, you just don't know how crazy it gets within a man. That That Japanese Canoe Federation. The japan i know that was a thing either so
0: i'm learning (laughs) a lot of stuff here you know like i was talking to a guy i work with and he was saying how they had um like a polar plunge like by his uh because his kids are into swimming and they had a polar plunge and they got like this like olympic swimmer to come out and it was like this guy who was like an olympic like u.s olympic backstroker that's gonna be this dude he's like the record for like the backstroke something adrian i think his name was and um I'm like, he's like, oh, so cool, this guy. He's one of the best at this, and he was here. I'm like, could you imagine spending three-quarters of your life being good at backstroking
1: and swimming? Like, what a stupid thing to be good at. Well, at the polar plunge in Japan, it's going to be this dude, like the canoe guy. They're going to be like, oh, yeah, he was a canoe guy, and he's disgraced, and now he does, like, this they polar plunge. Stay in the water. That's what he does. He does the polar plunge. Now. They make him it's like <laughs> hypothermia carry yeah let me carry <laughs> so he's not even it's not even rowing it's canoeing
0: canoeing well kayaking
1: oh kayaking okay, okay. which i guess is like a
0: it's kind of like a like a race car version of a canoe i guess yeah no kayaking
1: is pretty fun to watch actually but yeah i mean okay i just want to know what kind of drink was it was it like milk or was it like a gatorade or like what's he putting that what where's he getting it and what's he putting it in it's probably monster is it like a Mickey? Because that, that would be like, oh, you got like, you know, a mixed drink and I, I put it in there, a little steroids in there to get you. Like, wouldn't it be yeah. funny if you put like so much steroid in it that like, the guy's like, what the hell is it? like, it all became like solid?
0: He's like, what happened to my drink?
1: <laughs> oh, I put too much steroids in there. Sorry.
0: Pina Colada. And like he dumped in the steroids. He's like, what the hell's wrong with this Pina Colada? You know, the Pina Colada
1: tastes like steroids. <laughs> and like gave it to his girlfriend instead. Oh, he for her. I don't know, but she's like bench, Bench pressing a lot more now. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of veins. A lot of veins in her arms. I don't know what's going on. She keeps taking my drink and she's just, I don't know. She's getting jacked. Yoked. <laughs> Yoking it. Crazy, man. Absolutely crazy. But be all careful about right,
0: who so, gets access to your drink.
1: I, w- I wonder what's, what else is going to come out because you're going to hear all this crazy shit the last few weeks before the Olympics, which is what, three weeks away, four weeks away, something like that?
0: Not even. I think it's. Uh, I
1: think it's, it's like two. Wow. Two a
0: It's it's the eighth. It starts. So about yeah,
1: two and a half. Yeah, it's coming up quick. I mean, these people are on their last ditch effort to like, all right, you know, so and so is above me, and I'm not going to make the cut. Like, I gotta, I gotta, you know, cut their Achilles tendon before they get on that plane, and and then I'm on. You know what I mean? Like, well, shouldn't crazy. the Russians be coming off their steroid cycle right now? Ah, uh, they they will not be competing. Uh, womp womp. Wah, wah. And the, and the ones that will compete will be under the The Olympic flag
0: flag or whatever, right? The Olympic flag. That's crazy.
1: With some country that is just getting in for the first time or something. It's, it's weird. Very weird. So, all right, next up we got irradiated wasteland in Chernobyl now holds a 3,800 panel solar farm. So talking about making lemons into lemonades. Um, Everybody knows about Chernobyl in Ukraine. If you don't, it was one of the worst nuclear accidents in human history. Uh, It basically rendered the land there uninhabitable for humans for 24,000 years. That is such a fucked up number. Isn't that a fucking... Four thousand years? You've basically taken a part of our planet and said, you might as well put it into space and never look at it because you can't go there. You know what I mean? Like, it's that's nuts. 25,000 years. How'd they come up with that number? Like, what if we come up with, like,
0: what if there's some, like, brilliant scientist in, like, 6,000 years who's like, oh, bro, you just pour, like, Gatorade on top of this stuff and it goes away. Oh, okay,
1: cool. Well, that could happen because I remember watching a show where they were taking steam and they were putting into a Superfund site. And the Superfund site, they were saying, wasn't going to be inhabitable for something like 200 years. And they were going to have to clean it up by... um either excavating or, or just letting it sit or something like that so what this company did was they were pumping steam in there and it was bringing the toxins back up to the surface and they said instead of 200 years they can get it down to like 40 years so i'm and like now there's right. condos there, and now there's condos that's right and it's, that, it's always like a playground like a kid's playground <laughs> so, yeah right every I, super fun site they take away the soil and then they put like a playground amusement park yeah, amusement park. Uh, usually, ball fields like soccer fields or something you see on it. It's crazy that whole thing in Hoboken that they put like right in the middle of like the two roads. You know what I'm talking about? That that big soccer field they put in there. Oh yeah, right by the northern entrance to Hoboken. That's like a cleanup site.
0: Yeah. They, yeah. That, those two sections there.
1: Yeah. Cause they demoed a bunch of buildings and some of them were dormant for a while. And then they, you could tell, cause they take away all the soil and then they truck in new soil and you're like, yeah, that's a super fund or some kind of cleanup. And then they, you know, put the, um, the, whatchamacallit, they, they put a nice, you know, uh, AstroTurf surface on top. And then there you go. It's a, it's a soccer field now. It's like, yeah, you know, that's like a cleanup site, but that's what they do it all, all over. They say, as long as the kids don't stay there for more than like 10 hours a day, they're okay. Yeah, that's so. comforting,
0: right?
1: Ah, oh, always comforting. So anyway, so what's happened in Chernobyl is the Russians finally built, or I'm sorry, the Ukrainians finally built a um a sarcophagus, like the permanent sarcophagus, or they're calling it a tomb now. That's going to cover up the the hole where the meltdown happened. So I guess they come up like to your point, they come up with this calculation of how much radiation is leaked and like the half life and all this crap. So it's still some brainiac trying to come up with some or some computer model coming up with some, um, you know, estimate. But who knows? I'm not going to be around in 24,000 years. So I think they're just basically saying in our lifetimes, it's not going to be we're not going to be able to go there. Um, but I guess the way they cleaned it up. So they covered it up. They said the radiation coming out of there now is one tenth of what it was, which is good. And I guess it's clean enough that they could send workers in for limited time or I guess with you know precaution. Um, and they're not allowed to dig because that would be really bad. So they say setting up the solar farms is really easy because you just set it up on top of, they already have like, I guess these pads of concrete already set up. So they just put everything right on there and they're using the, I guess the wiring for what the power plant was going to use to generate the power. And they just feed it all set
0: up to uh,
1: to send out the energy. It's already right which is brilliant. So now they're just, they they did this huge farm and I guess they said Belarus is, they might, they they're looking at expanding it even more. So they're saying it's going to do, it's going to produce one megawatt. Now if it was 1.21 megawatts, that would be enough to, for back to the future, right? Or they were gigawatts.
0: That's 1.21 gigawatts. Gigawatts. So
1: yeah, I don't think it's enough. But, uh, so they're saying that's enough to power roughly two thousand homes, so that's kind of cool, see
0: that's awesome, yeah, like like you said, lemons to lemonade i mean what a what a smart idea,,
1: huh. seeing as the land's not in- habitable for twenty four thousand years, they might as well do something with it.
0: you ever looked at the pictures they have of like Prippy at the town Like uh, what it looked like afterwards? It's creepy, it's so creepy, like the amusement park they had,
1: yeah, like, people just ran, yeah. Just like dolls on the, on the floor. Like they did that HBO special. Did you see that? Yeah. We had the Geiger counter that one. Oh, that was creepy. Cause people were walking into classrooms where it looks like kid, like people just threw the papers out now, of course, after they evacuated, they could have just said, make it look like this so that when people come in, you know, they want to keep coming back. <laughs> yeah. You never know. They could have stayed some of it, but yeah, the whole place looks like just people just whatever you're doing right now, just run.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, that's crazy. Then again, you live near a a giant nuclear reactor and the alarms go off. I think you are running asses and elbows. That's all you see. (laughs) Asses and elbows.
0: Bolt. Well, speaking of alerts when something bad happens. (laughs) (laughs) So there was a story that I'm sure everyone's heard about in Hawaii last week where the person in charge of setting setting up a test message for the ballistic missile alert in hawaii sent the actual alert It's crazy and there was like a 40 minute period before they were able to correct the alert and people were
1: freaking out obviously so what happened that was the alert that a a missile was coming to them yeah the alert was so this goes out to everyone i guess
0: in any cell phone you know carrier with a phone in that area it said ballistic missile threat inbound to Hawaii Holy shit. Shelter. This
1: is not a drill.
0: On their phones, on their phones, like you yeah, oh. amber alerts
1: sometimes or weather. I alert. thought it was like some government alert system because I, I just I heard the blurb in the news, but I didn't realize it was like to your actual like the amber alert thing, right? Yeah, it's
0: based on your uh, your your location, your GPS signal. So if you're in that area, you get this alert. That's pretty messed up. It's very messed up, and the guy apparently there was like a a bad user interface on the computer system. He he selected the wrong link. My bad.
1: That's my bad. That's on me
0: guys. That's on me dog. Me dog. (laughs) So, (laughs) so apparently, you know, so that happened and it took like 40 minutes to correct it, which is the most fucked up thing about the whole thing. I mean, mistakes (laughs) happen, but to allow almost 40 minutes to go by without like being like my bad, sorry, that was wrong. You're in Hawaii. Where the fuck
1: are you gonna go? <laughs> you got a, a jet lined up ready to go, you are stuck on an island, right? So, but according to Pornhub, <laughs> they reported that the
0: website's traffic in Hawaii dropped. News agency Pornhub. <laughs> after they told there was a mistake, so they tweeted out a graph yesterday, which showed that when the alert happened at 8:07 a.m. Hawaii Standard Time, um, there was a 77 percent drop from a typical saturday in wow. porn usage so, everyone so everybody was just, stopped porn while they were freaking out people bolted they were like well i wonder too like were they like oh my god the girl next door she's so hot I, w- I always wanted to talk to her do you go over
1: and talk to her now maybe they put their you know if they were in the middle of doing something they stopped like you said right and then they're like i gotta shut down the you know i gotta do other stuff yeah, I gotta move my Bitcoin. You gotta so take I, priorities. I take priority. <laughs> so then, all right. So the 8:45 a.m.
0: Hawaii Standard Time, the alert was reported as false, and then <laughs> traffic on Pornhub shot up 48% above normal for nine, for the normal 9:01 time. Wow,
1: that is talk about coming back with a vengeance. Like, yeah, we're back. So they're like, oh my god, I'm still alive. I'm gonna go watch double anal
0: penetration. Oh man, I'm gonna cherish every moment I have now as bonus time. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gonna, can blame you, right? You're catching you now. He's probably like people are like, I'm gonna click on the categories I dared not click on before because now I know I'm on borrowed that time.
1: <laughs> that that really could be it, like. I've always been afraid to do this now there might be there might not be another day. You, you,
0: you're cherishing the moments you have. So you're like, you That's know what cool. I didn't think I was comfortable clicking on this. I think today I'm gonna to do it. That's a beautiful I thing love, I love. It. Oh it's yeah. Like, it's like in Fight club when he uh, he goes to that guy working at like the quick check thing. yeah under his head. He's like, what is this? This is an expired community college ID. He's like, what did you want to go for? It's like veterinarian. Like, why'd you stop? He's like, oh, it's too expensive. He's like, like, you're gonna go back tomorrow. He's like, I'm gonna check back on you in six months.
1: And yeah, like, I like that. Tomorrow. He gave us life like, back.
0: Like the next meal he has is gonna be the greatest meal he's ever had. You know, you gotta like shock people's systems sometimes. That's
1: crazy, crazy. Right? I gotta see that there's gotta be somebody that put together like tweets or something during that time because people must have been losing their shit. Like they're not on porn, they're doing something else. I wanna know what they're doing. Are they bunkering down? Like, like what do you do? You're on an island, you can't get out. If you have a boat, are you jumping in the boat and trying to ride out as far as you can to see? Yeah, what do you do? Like what? Do you, 40 minutes must've been just like the worst 40 minutes ever. So you know there's the one person that got in their boat, that had a boat, and started riding as fast as they could. And by the time 45 minutes went by and the alert came back, they were at a cell range. So they couldn't get the, (laughs) so Lord knows how far they drove out. He's like, yeah, I guess it's been less than
0: 40 minutes. I don't see that missile hitting yet. They're in freaking deep sea. Man, he's like, that missile sure is slow getting here.
1: And they're in deep sea. Like, I don't don't know if we're going to make it. That's pretty crazy. I don't have nearly enough supplies to get back. I'm just going to die out here in the water now. There could be somebody out there still. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not going back. I heard a bomb hit Hawaii. (laughs) Oof. Sitting on a deserted island, stranded. I don't know, man. When the bomb took out Hawaii. That
0: is so messed up, though. I
1: jumped off of my Pornhub right into my boat and I started riding. Never looked back. Never looked That's back. Bro. Right? Never looked back, bro. And then I got back and boom, I went on. <laughs> and I started looking at all the categories I've missed.
0: Yeah, right to Pornhub.
1: Damn. That is crazy. Yeah, there's got to be something where, like, I don't know. Do they loot in Hawaii? I imagine that would have gone on, right? They start stealing spam from the stores.
0: Perhaps. Perhaps.
1: Everybody jumping in and like going to the spam section and grabbing like cans and running out (laughs) with cans of spam. That's like
0: gold over there, right? There wasn't any reports of widespread looting in Hawaii.
1: They were just chilling out. Maybe they were trying to catch some extra waves. Like, I got to go catch some waves, dude. I got to stop watching my Pornhub and go catch my last waves. That's probably what a lot of people did. Yeah. Think about like,
0: it. You know, if you get your last 40 minutes, you know, you're going to do the things you love the most.
1: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of crazy that they, uh, wow. Yeah. I'd kind of freak out too. Can you imagine if they, that happened in like the metro area, like New York metro area <laughs> or LA or some shit like that? You get that alert across like the city it'd be like widespread panic.
0: It'd be chaos.
1: Yeah. And then you'd have one dude sitting there saying, or or a girl saying, My bad, dog, that's me. That's on me. That's on me. That's right? <laughs> I pressed that button. I wasn't supposed to. Sorry. Man, that's crazy.
0: Scary stuff. So, you know, you should be out there making sure you're skiing, getting out there, getting your turns because you never know when it's gonna be your last
1: opportunity. That's right. Put right? down, put down the porn hub and, and grab the ski poles. And go out and start skiing. Make it happen. Make it
0: happen. But thank you, everyone, so much for listening. We really do appreciate it. We love doing this for you guys. We hope you enjoy it. Check us out, SkiBumPodcast.com. Check us out on the socials, Twitter.com slash SkiBumPodcast, Facebook.com slash SkiBumPodcast, Instagram.com slash SkiBumPodcast. We are on Pinterest as the Highfalutins. We are also on SoundCloud as highfalutin Bum. Next week, hmm, not quite sure if we're gonna have a podcast or not because mario's gonna be getting ready to head out to val foren's i
1: have to uh, talk to you to to put one together if you if you if you want maybe we will we'll figure something out um yeah. we may also you do a get, guest host uh, we're
0: supposed to have our pal rich from all about i pray this week but he uh he got sick so i may do a podcast with him or perhaps my uh, my sister who is representing us at the outdoor, that would be outdoor sweet. snow show in Denver.
1: So, um, She's going to be out there next week, right?
0: Yeah, she'll be out there next week. So That'd be cool. We'll definitely have something together um, in the next week
1: or so. Put together uh, a bunch of different things. and That'd be kind of
0: nice. Yeah, we're mixing things up. We're trying new things. so We'll have something for you guys pretty soon as well. So Thank you again, and we'll see you guys soon. Stay hot, stay food. See ya.